is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plate said pressure needed dice in the mirror. If anything, I can say that this cab was rare, but I thought, man, forget it, yo, home to Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cabbie, yo home, smell you later. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel Air. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Joining me on this episode for a deep dive into the iconic 90s sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It's co-hosts of the Flix Watcher and the Wire Stripped podcasts, Kobe Omanaka. Kobe was kind enough to take some time out of his very busy schedule to sit down with me and talk about this beloved sitcom of the 90s. We get into so much of this show. It's one of those shows that's just had a massive impact since its release and in reruns and even a remake, which we touch a little bit upon. Full disclosure, neither of us have actually seen the full remake, but we do talk a little bit about it in this premise and how it actually leans into some of the themes that were always present in the sitcom of the 90s. There's lots that we get into from favorite characters and moments, as I said, big themes, and so much more in this episode. So without further ado, let's get straight to it. This is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Kobe Omanaka. Hello, Kobe, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Hello, hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Very well, sir. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. And thank you for bringing what I may add is, I think, a long overdue topic. As I said to you before we started recording, I was hoping someone would bring this one up when we did sitcoms last year. But sadly, they didn't. But you've, you've come in now <laughs> and you've rescued us by bringing us the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So I guess to kick us off, I want to know what was your introduction to this show and, and what sort of impact did it have on you at the time? It's, well, it was that kind of sweet spot from coming back from school and before doing homework where there's that kind mm -hmm. of that kind of TV, um, which was occupied sometimes by Star Trek, um, <laughs> but then sometimes by like Aeon Flux, it was, it was after Biker Grove, but before like mm -hmm. EastEnders. Um, when for me TV would get a bit boring as a as a youngster, but it was just a yeah, it was just a standard after school um, TV show to watch, and I kind of I find it kind of weird because that's not that's not prime time, but like mm. in the UK at least. But I like I don't know how it went out in the states. I don't know what kind of slot it went out in the states. I, I yeah. think it would have been given a be a bigger slot or a more important or imposing slot, but it's still in the UK it resonated, and I think it, mm. the props. They perhaps picked the right demographic to put that in because I think if it had gone out at like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, it might have got lost mm. in in the weeds with other people, with other um, well, again competing against other other shows at that time slot. Yeah, 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, it's funny. I had the similar thing actually growing up. I remember the same thing of, yeah, it was on around the sort of four or five o'clock mm. in the evening kind of mark, which, yeah, now you think about it, you're right. That is a bit unusual when you consider most sort of new sitcoms like now, you know, when they come out, like you said, if they're on telly, they're usually past the seven, eight o'clock margin. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they put it there, but I think you're right. It definitely reached a, a, a younger audience for sure, right? Yeah, well, that's it. And I think maybe because because of that slot, that time slot, um, mm. when people talk about sitcoms, I don't necessarily think of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as a sitcom. Right, like, okay. Uh, I mean, 100% is. Mm. And at the same, I kind of think of it more in this kind of, uh, I don't know if you can call it a genre, but things like, um, uh, what's it called with Zach Morris? Um, oh, uh, let's see. Set in Bayside, Saved by the Bell. Like, Saved by the Bell, yeah. Like Saved by the Bell <laughs> and the California Dreams. Um, okay. I kind of put, even though those are sitcoms, I sometimes mm-hmm. feel like more childish sitcoms or more youthful sitcoms. <laughs> and that's slightly distinctive, distinguished or dis- differentiated from, mm-hmm. um, you know, Frasier or Cheers or or something else. Um, sure. As, as a sitcom, even Friends, you know. Um, yeah. I, I, mm. I feel they kind of sit in different parts of my brain as, as sitcoms. Okay. No, that makes sense. And yeah, it's, it is something I was just thinking about it because it's, uh, it's from 90, ni- 1990 to 96. Yeah. So it was kind of right in between a time when other shows that I've covered on this podcast before, like your Seinfelds mm-hmm. and Friends, stuff like that were out. You're right. This feels so completely distinct from those, just in the tone and in the way it's set and, and also in the cast, right? It's, it's an extremely diverse cast for, for a show like this, which I think is awesome. Well, um, is, it, is it diverse or is it... Uh, just black. <laughs> oh, it's black, but it's, well, the reason why I bring it up is because it's something we talked about. It just it sort of pricked my memory a bit. Yeah. Um, when we talked about things like Friends and Seinfeld mm-hmm. and other shows like that, that was something that has been criticised for at the time and also sort of retrospectively is, yeah, it's a very white cast. There's not a lot of diversity in those shows and there were lots of other sitcoms that followed suit. Whereas here it feels like you've got something. It's like, well, here's a completely black cast mm. and family and it's sort of giving you a completely different point of view and representation that I think just, it seems, wasn't around at the time. I think, I mean, there definitely was that. um, There were sitcoms with predominantly black characters or TV Mm. shows with predominantly black characters. Uh, In the UK, you had had like Desmond's at the same time. Mm. The US is the the Cosby show, whether you you choose to mention it or not. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I was thinking recently, even like... um, in the UK, Red Dwarf was, you know, 50%, mm. well, until Crichton, predominantly black cast until Crichton rocked up and then mm. is 50-50. And, that was, and these these are, like, nicely and effortless, effortlessly, like, um, mm. predominantly non-white casts. And sure. I sometimes I think about that as, as a kid growing up, that mm-hmm. um, we did have that um, kind of representation a bit more. And what I feel kind of sorry for is... A lot of my friends were from Pakistani background um, or Indian background, and I couldn't think of any any right. TV shows that we'd watch that have those guys front and center, or represent those right. guys front and center. Um, until goodness gracious me came out, which is a bit kind of later. Um, yeah. But even then, that's, that's, that's I'm still struggling to think of anything else more than that. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, that's true. I, that's not a demographic that's been been given. It's it's just uh, just as it's mm. just yet. But who knows? Who knows? The, the future. But 
Yeah, I guess something like this, though. I mean, in terms of 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 that, and it is something I think is a really important theme. And it's, I got the impression watching it, and I say this as like a white English kid, you know, living in the UK. I I remember at the time thinking like, I was quite amazed at some of the ways that they handled a lot of things. Like it was, it never shied away from the issue of race because it's it's also does deals with class and yeah. race, right? Because you've got the whole premise is Will Smith coming from Philadelphia and it's sort of what we would call like a working class kind of background to his rich family who are up in the Hollywood Hills. And it feels like there were several episodes and moments where they really sort of took a moment to address that, yeah. you know, to the audience and kind of go like, oh yeah, we know this, this is unusual and that we're going to have to talk about a few things here. I mean, what, what did you think about some of that, the way the show handled those moments? Um, I mean, also it comes off their teaching point episodes, oh, don't yeah. they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was, I always thought it was quite interesting what they would do. I think what would, what would often happen is Will would be the counterpoint to Carlton in a way. Um, yeah. Where Will would be the one saying, you know, this isn't how the majority of black people in the in the States experience life. Um mm. And I thought it was quite nice the way they would juxtapose what Will's experiences and his thoughts are versus Carlton, who's a bit more, mm. um, he's, he's had a, a better life or opportunities um, mm. than, than Will had growing up. And he perhaps hadn't seen race, race hadn't played a factor into his his experiences really. Mm. Um, whereas for Will, it was like, yeah, Dude, you need to you need to think about just take a second, think about what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think they were always kind of appreciated those kind of um, sessions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just one episode that I can't remember the names of all of them, but there was no. there was one that stood out to me as a storyline. I remember watching it at the time, and I've seen it a couple of times since in reruns. Is uh, I think there's an episode where Carlton gets pulled over, yeah, by a police officer and. And Will kind of immediately is like, oh, no, this isn't going to go well. It's like, like, dude, he's, he's like to... listen to me, yeah. listen to me. I've been in this situation. And Carlton's like, don't be stupid. You know, it's fine. And unfortunately, the outcome is you have got a basically a racist police officer. Yeah. And Carlton's really like shaken by this and kind of like, oh, this, this never happens. But it's a really interesting point where they suddenly bring those two worldviews together. And Will's kind of like, no, no, you don't. Like, as you say, it's like your your view of the world is really rare mm. compared to most people in you know with the same color skin as you basically in the same country as you and i kind of i really admire tv shows that, that take moments like that to address big issues and just sort of make characters sit in that and it's not played off for laughs or like a cheap gag it's like a, a really serious point where they just kind of make you sit in it as an audience and make you think yeah and that's um that end of that episode um uncle phil comes to save them yeah. um and it's, it's it's kind of amazing the way he kind of steps into the police cell and it's like, yeah, you didn't call your lawyer, you didn't call their lawyer because I'm their lawyer, you didn't call their father because I'm their father. Where yeah. was that phone call? And like completely rips the police mm-hmm. to shreds there. Um, yeah, which kind of, would then kind of show the tour de force of of uh, Uncle Phil, even though he's like the butt of a lot of jokes. He's still like, mm-hmm. you know, he, they're rich for a reason <laughs> because he's damn good. He's yeah, damn good at his job. Sit down. Hey. You don't talk to my wife like that. Now, wait a minute, buddy. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? Who the hell do you think you're talking to? What's going on here? Can I help you, sir? I'm Henry Firth. Good news, Mr. Firth. Your car is safe and sound, and we've got the perpetrators. Those aren't the perpetrators. Those are my partner's son and nephew. Partner? 
legal partner. I've got a few questions for you. When you got this alleged confession from these two young men, did they have a lawyer present? No, because I'm their lawyer. Did you notify their parents? No, because we're their parents. So, officer, don't tell us to wait. And don't tell us to sit down. Just open that damn cell and let those two boys out of there. Or I'm going to tie this place up with so much litigation that your grandchildren are going to need lawyers. Yeah, and, and his job as well, being um, a lawyer and then a judge as yeah. well. It's like, that, I think that's amazing as well. It's not only is he rich, but he's he's got a moral compass. Mm. And i got to say, James Avery, I think, as, as Phil, Philip Banks does an amazing job in the role like he's just like you said he as someone who takes a lot of jokes especially from will who's always wisecracking at him but like you said he always gets these moments every now and then where he comes in and just bulldozes over somebody yeah in a way that is just incredible to watch i know i wonder if um had they redone the fresh prince of la and the, the comedic stand in, in the pure sitcom style and this is kind of allusion to the mm. the um the bel-air show which is a, a bit more of a less comical take on the experience of getting caught in the gang fight. Um, mm-hmm. If they were to redo it from scratch, you know, the Quincy Jones score, the kind of canned laughter, would they mm-hmm. still have Uncle Phil be the butt of all the jokes being fat? You know, I think... That's a good point. It's one of the yeah. ways the world's kind of changed now. That was, I remember mm. that at the time being like, laughing my ass off. Um, yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I think ages, has aged friends like Milk is when... The laugh at Monica, <laughs> for example. Um, true, true. Mm. And I don't, I don't. I wonder if they do that. Still, I mean, he'd still be a big guy, he'd still be fat, but then mm. that not be the the sole source of Will's like humor or or yeah, snipes at him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I I do wonder if, as you say, with with the benefit of hindsight, would they have changed a few things like that? I'd imagine they would. Yeah, but um. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I think, in, in fairness to him as well, the way the character always seems to take it as well. Or he like, does, you know, uh, but then you know, it's like, <laughs> maybe he's just resigned to that nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> could be, yeah, that could that could just be the way it is. Yeah. But um, oh, yeah, again, I just I thought an amazing performance, and um, you know, he, he sadly passed away, didn't he, a couple of years ago? And, do, yeah, yeah, I remember the outpouring online for that was just it was really lovely to see, you know, because it's that sort of father figure character that. You know, when, when they're in a TV show like this, they kind of become a part of your lives mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And as we say, he was a—he was not only a role model, but he was a very positive figure yeah. as well. Like, I feel like every episode you got where it was Uncle Phil-centric, he always seemed to be dealing with, a, like, a moral quandary as, like, you know, a black man in a position of power. You know, there was, I remember a whole storyline, wasn't it, where, like, he's going for judge and one of his friends is, like, up against him or he's, he's looking to take the job off him. And the guy's corrupt and he has this whole thing of like, do I do this because it's the right thing, but also am I affecting the community that I'm a part of yeah. by taking down a black judge, you know? And I just thought like, again, that's like, that's really heavy stuff to put on a, a primetime TV show, but <laughs> they always gave it to him and he always seemed to play those roles and those dilemmas really well. Yeah, I mean, the show, the show is layered and it's... Um... Mm. It did, it did touch about those things and it touched on, um, I think, in later series about Will and his separation from his mother and his, and his parents as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It became, a bit, it became a bit more serious, but it was, it was, mm. you know, it, it was always funny and it did, it did 
slingshot Will Smith into superstardom. And we should say yeah. this has been recorded um, four <laughs> days after after the Smith slapping event, which is beyond <laughs> yeah. insane, hilarious, uh, obnoxious. I don't know which I don't know which adjective you want to use. Ah, uh, Matt, do you know what? I, I knew this would come up because yeah, the, we obviously we booked this in. So Pete behind the curtain, people listen. Yeah, we're recording this as you say, like days after that's happened. Mm. We obviously booked this in way before the Oscars. Yeah, I feel like it's changed my my sort of thought process going into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> talking about will because obviously he's obviously he is the the central character he's essentially what this whole you could argue that this pop this um sorry this show was really like a vehicle for him mm. you know he was the star of the show and you know and and he's he's amazing at it he's in it for obviously the full run he gets all these amazing jokes but he also gets some really heavy dramatic moments um and as you say, he then went on to just become a, a Hollywood titan. Well, uh, I mean, how do you feel about him now? For, Who knows? Winning the Oscar for Best um, Male Actor and, you know, something he's been well, yeah. vying for. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of overshadowed by the slap um, that he won. It, it is, man. I mean, what, what's your sort of take on that? I, I'm just curious. On the, him winning Hollywood yeah, Actor yeah. or the slap? All of it, really. I, mean, I think I think the Oscar's long overdue, isn't it? Let's be honest. He's he's had an amazing career. Um, well, Will Smith is one of those funny ones where I love him as a as a person so much, but I think a lot of the film choices he's been in over the past ten mm. years have really fallen short of of being interesting. Um, right. Uh, Aladdin, for example, I might do. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> the last one I really really liked. Mm. I haven't seen Kim Richard yet, I'm, I'm, and it was on my list before he won. And you know, perhaps to be honest, it's still about the same position, same place on my list anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. The one last one I really, really liked beforehand was um, was Hitch. I think was the last yeah. one of his which I really got into. And I yeah, think it's a good se- movie. Seven pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pursuit of Happiness is one of a lot of people I know's favorite films. I, it doesn't resonate with me that much. I think I can see why they like it a lot, but. Um, yeah, I don't think, for me, he hasn't hit the mark over the past 10 years. Um, yeah. I didn't really like Bad Boys 3 that much. Uh, Bad Boys, the original Bad Boys is one of my favourite films ever. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't like Bad Boys 2 that much. Um, so it, it, it kind of feel like he's, he's, the, he's the Mr. I don't, very, very few people have got a bad word to say about Will. Mm. And I think that was one of the most shocking things for me is that I cannot yeah. remember him swearing. It wasn't the slap, it was the keep your my wife's name out of your mouth. Bit. Yeah. And I'm yeah. self-censoring there because uh, this is a yeah. PG podcast. And the way he <laughs> said it twice and with like venom yeah. and like force. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. oh my life. Okay. Okay. This is, this is not, this is, this is definitely a serious piece here. Um, yep. So it, it sets, it set into my head and to a lot of people's heads, a different kind of Will Smith to the one that's the persona he'd been crafting for the past, you know, 25 three decades true true and um you know i think to kind of borrow a little bit from a previous guest of this show uh clarice lowry who mm. wrote a really good article i think at the time when it all came out we don't really know the full extent of what he's feeling what was going on no, obviously been, i've been listening to a lot of the discussion around it just because mm-hmm. it's it's interesting and as you say i think all of us are really shocked by it because especially when you look back at something like fresh prince it felt like you were kind of there's, there's so much of that show is carried by his charisma. Yeah. And then you see him in interviews for films going forward and it, it feels like it's the same person. So I think we all kind of assumed that 
that's who he is, right? Yeah. He's, he's this charismatic kind of fun guy. And, you know, yeah, he's human. He's going to have his moments. But as you say, that seemed so out of character. But then we don't really know his character, I guess, is is, is the point to that. Um, well, it's, you know, evidently, yeah. Evidently, exactly. And <laughs> I don't know. Firstly, I just look at it and think, it wasn't cool, but it happens i guess and and then it's, it's a whole other podcast in itself about it is. you know whether I've, I've listened to someone today actually talking about the whole thing of you know is the comedian hosting side of it done and who knows who knows what will happen whatever happens this is definitely going to go down as one of the most memorable moments i think in it is and in all of the, hollywood <laughs> i do slightly worry for the comedian aspects um yeah but i do also think i mean a lot of the stuff Ricky Gervais used to say at the Golden Globes was super oh my goodness. close to the line. Um, yeah, yeah. I think well, it was over the line most of the time. Yeah, exactly. But deliberately so. <laughs> um, so I wonder if that kind of stuff will continue. Yeah. Um, but mm. also, look, some of my favorite comedians, I I hate a lot of the stuff mm. that you know they've done recently. So like sure. David Chappelle, I I love him. I think he's when he's got me rolling around in stitches, it's amazing. But then he's uh-huh. sometimes digging into trans and LGBT stuff. I'm like. Dude, you oh, okay. you're funny. You're funny without it. And some of the stuff mm. that Jimmy Carr's done recently, I'm like, I'm listening to, I'm watching his stand up and 45 minutes, I'm laughing, laughing my ass off. And then I'm like, oh, why, oh, okay. why are you being down on disabled people? What, what's that about? Um, sure. And some, I just think you don't, they don't need it to be funny. So also, yeah. so why yeah. bother? Um, mm. Chris Rock is, is an extremely funny guy and his, his mm. last show, Tambourine, I'd love to bits. And he was kind of beating on himself more than anyone else. Um, sure. Talking about his, you know, his 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 personal problems, which I thought was really candid. So, mm. you know, we know these guys can be funny. No, Ricky Gervais can be funny. No, Jimmy Carr can yeah. be funny. You know, David Spell can be funny. You don't need to punch down mm. to people. Um, no, to, true. To be funny. True. So, I know, I know something someone pointed out because um, that you know, obviously, the whole center of the controversy is the joke made at, at Jada, and then people pointing out, well, she's got alopecia. Mm. You know, there's a reason why she's got short hair. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't know that watching the video. I just thought, oh, that was a niche reference to make to like a late 90s movie and yeah. whatever. Um, and it's been, since been pointed out that I, I think it's been said, like, don't, we don't know. Again, we can, we can just speculate in. But Chris Rock didn't know that was the case. And um, I think something that kind of goes in his favor there is that he did make a documentary a few years ago about, you know, dealt with black women in hair and hair loss and things like that. And he took it really seriously. Mm. So you'd like to think if he went through all the effort of making a serious documentary, commenting on something like that, that he wouldn't just make a flippant joke at someone's expense for, you for know, a gag. It, yeah. For a gag. I feel like it was just a simple misunderstanding that just clearly got blown way out of hand. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that whole thing does kind of shine a certain light now, even like you look back on... Things like this, for example, at the Fresh Prince, you look at Will Smith and it, you sort of look at him in a whole new light now mm-hmm. and sort of wonder, like, yeah, that charismatic, charming, quippy guy that we saw, it's, it's, you kind of wonder, like, how much of that was him and how much of it is... It's I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, that's actors' jobs, right? It's, oh, yeah, absolutely. They're, they're playing characters. I mean, but yeah, Will Smith, Will Smith as a character, as, as, mm. as a person... Um, you know, Fresh Prince, in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and you mm-hmm. can see that there's clear lines between Fresh Prince of Bel Air to Men in Black to Wild Wild yeah. West to Hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it starts to get a bit serious, I think that that's where it got a bit harder for people to kind of 
grasp him as a personality. So when it came to seven yeah. pounds and um, I mean, Ali, who's amazing, actually. So I think that's when people are like, yeah. okay, he can he can really do this if he wants to. Um, I think that was did he get nominated for Ali? Um, uh, that's a good question. But I think that's but where he, again he's playing a charismatic person, and he's nominated because he's playing a charismatic, well famous person. Well, and typically that's what the you know the Academy likes, and is almost a shoo-in mm. for that. And this is you know he, he got the um, Oscar for King Richard. Yeah, playing Venus and Serena Williams' dad, a real person who had you know a, a kind of real tour de force kind of um, angle on life and how to make how to mm. help his family. Um, so I'm not sure what my, what my direction of line of thought is here, but it's, a lot of Will Smith's films have been, at least in, you know, in the first half of his career, was like, oh, in, Independence Day is, is Will yeah. Smith with, mm-hmm. is Will Smith playing the character in the film rather than um, yeah. him playing a role almost. Bad Boys, you know, again, it's, it's Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but with a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's, that's something you find actually when we talk about a lot of these sitcoms is especially when they get to be this successful, because this one is, I'd, I'd argue it's up there with like your Seinfelds, your friends, you know, it's millions of viewers, mm. huge, huge success. As you say, like pushed his clearly already, you know, successful career at that point to another level that I'm sure he didn't imagine. But then you kind of just become that character, right? And that's like, you know, for example, for me, if I ever watch a movie and one of the cast of Friends turns up, it's really hard for me to see them <laughs> as anyone other than, oh, it's Rachel from yeah. Friends. Or, you know, and that's not fair to the actor because you think, well, no, they're, they're just doing their job. They're here for a role. And as you say, someone like Will Smith, I, I, yeah, Ali was the first thing I thought of is like when you see that film, you realise, like, oh, no, he's got, he's got range and he's clearly, he's clearly trying really hard to step up to another side of his career. And be mm. like, I don't just want to be remembered as the funny guy from that show, you know, like at this, at that point, it was about five years after the show had ended. So he's quite clearly, quite quickly trying to move in the other direction. Um, Something I I feel as well, if you watch the show, you get a sense of that anyway. You know, this, I've, I don't know about you, but there's one episode that never fails to make me tear up is the one where his dad comes back. And like, if you watch that, I might even just buy some clips in (laughs) because his performance in that is astonishing mm. it's just a moment when you're like oh no this he's not just a quippy fun guy like this is an actor you know he's got some range right here yeah i, I can't remember those ones that well um but i, I remember the, I, I think I, I pretty much watched every episode at the time but um <laughs> i do remember you know him trying to connect with his father and, and stuff and that mm. being a big part of the arc um yeah i can't remember that exact episode it's just that one where um it's just a bit where he realizes that his dad's letting him down and like, and you know, to go back to James Avery, uncle Phil has an amazing uncle Phil speech, like ripping into him and telling him like what it means to be a father. Yes. yes. And then Will comes back back in and and there's this whole, this is just this wonderful moment where like you you kind of realize the, the sort of, you realize that it's all an act that the whole, like, you know, him making jokes and silly noises all the time. It's like that facade very quickly drops when he's because he's let himself be vulnerable for an episode and he gives this amazing speech again i'll just put it in because it's, it's worth hearing 
and you can hear people in the audience starting to cry because they're clearly not expecting it. <laughs> they're clearly <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're here for a live show of, you know, the Fresh Prince can be fun. I can imagine by the end of it, everyone was just in tears, like, what just happened? <laughs> like, you know, but that's, again, that's what I think the best shows do, right, is they get you laughing and then they just pick one moment to just go an absolute gut punch to you Absolutely. when you least expect it. I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> you know what? Actually, this works out better for me. You know, the Slimmies of Summer come to class wearing next to nothing. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's all right to be angry. Hey, well, why should I be mad? I'm saying at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I hey, could Hey, you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Got through my first date without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Now, nah, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm gonna get through college without him. I'm gonna get a great job without him. I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm gonna be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? I mean, I guess that's when you think about it. The and then we we talked before. Neither of us have seen mm. even like five minutes of the, of the new incarnation of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Just just called Bel Air mm. now. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting how a slight change in tone. Um, so the premise of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Sorry, the, the premise of Bel Air is that it's the same story at a high level, but it's you know it's not playing, mm. it's not played for jokes. This is instead of the intro sequence where they tell the story, sorry, the intro, well, first of all, we haven't talked about the intro, the, the um, intro theme tune, which is still one of the best things oh, ever. Oh, it's absolutely. And, and it will be introducing this episode, don't worry. Great. And uh, <laughs> I played, um, I used to just not, not DJ anywhere, serious, anywhere near seriously, but when I've, when I've, when mm. I've DJed at parties and stuff and thrown that down, like everyone, everyone gets behind it. It's like, it's, oh, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like magic. Um, but anyway, in that, in that sequence, in the intro sequence, the fight that he has is always played, is, is super played for last because it's just like he gets yeah. on someone's shoulders and then gets spun around a bit. But yeah. then the premise of the, of the Bel Air is that, yeah, this is actually getting a fight with someone. Then this, it can be super serious. It can be like the worst thing mm. in the world. And to have to go, get sent to the other, other side of the country and the other side of the country being American means, you, you know, you've, you've flown thousands and thousands of miles to yeah. get away and to be safe and to have a better chance of life yourself mm. is super, super dark. Um, mm. And obviously there's, there's comedy in life, but at the same time, taking that sitcom nature away from it, it, it just shows there's real drama to that situation. You fish out water con kind of um, commentary. Yeah. It's uh 
which which it was anyway, but saying, but it's more so. It's it's um it kind of that reset is really interesting. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize actually that's what it was. I just uh, as you were describing, I had a quick look on IMDb, and yeah, that's exactly what it says here. That it's a, basically a drama, and 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 Will Smith is producing on it, which <laughs> yeah, I think right. is interesting. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's one of those <laughs> I'd never thought about it before, but you you're absolutely spot on. Yeah, the the setup just could go in any different way, couldn't mm. it, based on the tone and um yeah, and then obviously in, in the version from the 90s it's a basically it's the fish out of water. It's you know, the, the two different class systems missing each other all the time and it's that sort of comedy of errors whereas yeah, I suppose you're right actually when you think about the premise if you made it a drama it would fit and by all accounts actually uh just from a brief sort of look at like twitter threads and stuff it it seems to be doing quite well like yeah, people I seem to it, respond really well to it i think it's done i think a lot of people are, are vibing it. a lot of people are enjoying it mm. um just my lack of time at the moment to be able to stick into it to, <laughs> to, to i know to what you mean it. yeah um, but I, I find that fascinating especially for something like this that is so beloved right mm. Because it's something like this show, you still see it on on TV now, reruns, and yeah, it, you know, it was on Netflix. Um, it a, was a, yeah. a year ago. I don't know if it's still there. It might well be. Um, mm. But I, you know, I, was watching, I was watching a Netflix um, a while ago and really, really enjoying it. But then I was like, I need to watch new stuff that I haven't seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> fair, very fair. I mean, yeah, I, I can't blame. This is the thing about sitcoms is they're they're just like a comfort blanket aren't they yeah uh, and a show like this offers so much fun as well i mean we've even touched upon some of the other cast members i mean uh alfonso ribeiro as um Carlton banks yeah i mean what an iconic sort of uh secondary character i guess of a, yeah, a sitcom right he's amazing well he's the is the more it's the kind of it's the double act there really it's the yeah. more wise thing isn't it um it's funny, funny in himself. He's charismatic in himself, but he's just he's grown up on the you know the right side of the tracks, um, mm. and that's that's really interesting. And then you have um, cousin Hillary, who is yeah benefited and been spoiled beyond all belief. And, mm-hmm. and I used to hate her as a character, <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, well, that's you know if if you if you grow up in that kind of um, with that kind of money and benef- and that kind of um, privilege, then I can, it's, it's, is it inevitable? I don't know. Hmm. Hillary, when you quit college, we made an agreement that you would pay your own way. Hillary, most of these bills are yours. You spend more on clothes than most small countries spend on grain. <laughs> and you're going to have to find yourself a job, young lady, and you're going to have to keep it for longer than one day. Okay, you're right, you're right. I haven't lived up to my end of the bargain, and I feel terrible. I really do. Okay, I'm making a New Year's resolution to find a job right after Easter. Don't. <laughs> Vivian, I can't take this anymore. Hillary, at your age, I shouldn't have to do this. No, Daddy, no! This is going to hurt me much more than it hurts you. I want you to reach into that purse and give me your credit cards. Now, young lady. Tatiana Ali, I can't remember her character's name. Um, uh, Ashley. Ashley, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I see. I think Ashley's my favorite after after Carlton. Yeah, um, but she was like the right kind of age for Will to turn up and and be the cool cousin to my yeah. to my stupid older brother and sister. So she <laughs> he was she was always under his wing kind of thing, and that was that was that was always good to see, and that was kind of fun. Yeah, I love their relationship, their dynamic. It was yeah. just so sweet and lovely, and yeah, I think any of us as sort of bigger families can relate to that. You know, when you're the older cousin. I mean, I am the older cousin out of all of my cousins. And <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been as the cool one. I mean, that's you know to be debated, but yeah, just the idea of yeah, you having having those friendships within your family, and mm-hmm. it's kind of something that you said earlier. You know, it's a fish out of water experience for Will, and there's a lot of him overcompensating and overacting. But you feel like the moments that he has with with uh, Tatiana, as you say, as Ashley, feel really genuine. I feel like they they sort of they see each other, yeah. You know, in a way, like she's by no means a black sheep in her family or you know anything like that. But she's she's very much just somebody who she connects with him, yeah. You know, absolutely. and 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 when he's sort of getting shouted at by Uncle Phil or Carlton is talking down to him, it's like she's the one person it feels like in the family that he turns to. And, and connects with, and it's just, it's really lovely to see. It's so sweet. It is. Ashley, you take out the garbage. Why me? Because I'm bigger than you. See, that's not fair. That's only because you got them shoe lifts in the day. <laughs> and then there's, of course, an interesting one, and I don't know much about this, but it's one of those sort of famous moments in the show. We've got two Vivian Banks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like directly half as well. I'm looking at it. Um, you've got uh, G- G- sorry, Janet Hubert here played played it from ninety. Well, she did she did get right towards the end, but basically she was in seventy three episodes, and then Daphne Reed took over about three years later and did seventy five. So it's a pretty even split. Yeah, between the both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know much about that? Because I know they addressed it in like a sit down reunion yeah, they show. A, didn't they had they? a reunion thing, which is weird. And I <laughs> I meant to watch that. I meant to watch that again to kind of see what it was about. But I find so Friends has done reunion. Um, hasn't Harry Potter done one recently where it's the main yeah. cast kind of sitting down and have a good natter with each other and again I'm not yeah. sure if I have the time for, for that uh, but I, I know that she she came back and that was discussed and I, I, I want to watch that that reunion for that specific reason to see what that um, to see what the ins and outs was but I think initially it's contractually but I think under, under the under mm. the um, covers as it were I think there was something a bit more Bit of conflict between Will and herself, um, right? Okay, that that made it an easier decision for her to go, and it's mm. it's something that yeah you know, happened in Roseanne. We had Sarah, Sarah Chalk replacing the original um, yes, character. that's right, yeah. And they kept on going. In fact, they kind of kept on going back. At one stage, Sarah Chalk, who who then became perhaps more famous in Scrubs, yeah, um, she played for a few seasons. Then the original her character came back, I can't remember what her name is. Um, mm. And then then they kind of tag-teamed a bit, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> so it ha- it, it, there is precedent for it. Um, mm. I think I, was it Adrian Regini or Bewitched? Um, one of the main characters was replaced by yeah, Dick York. There was a Dick York and a Dick Sargent who played the same character, randomly both called, called Dick. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. I mean, there was two Darren Stevens, right? Dick York... Dick Sergeant. Yeah, right, as if we wouldn't notice. Oh, hold on. Dick York, Dick Sergeant, Sergeant York. Wow, that's weird. So it, it, it has happened before, but um, yeah, this is obviously is a, is a clear case of it happening um, 
obviously it's happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Terrence Howard and uh, Don mm-hmm. Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle, yeah, yeah. who played uh, who played one of Will's friends in um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I was just about to say, yeah, let's, yeah, it's one of those. It's like so many of the shows we've talked about. When you look through the IMDb, it's amazing all these cameos that come in. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah young young Don Cheadle turns up in an episode, doesn't he? Like, he's chasing after Hillary. I think is the plot line of that. Um, I think. Well, no, he, he's one of Will's friends from Philly. So he That's just came, right. he comes to stay over. I think it's called D Train yeah. or something like that. And yeah. <laughs> he comes over and is like laughing at Will almost for having, you know, leveled up <laughs> to what's <laughs> a, a political term that's been bandied around at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. So he kind of mocks Will for for leveling up and losing his losing his Philly roots, even though um, Will is quote unquote the most urban one in in mm. the Banks family in in Bel Air at the time. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'll have to, I can't find him on here, but I'll have to watch that again. I'm going to have to watch this show now after we've had this conversation <laughs> again. Um, but like speaking of, of Will's friends, I mean, famously DJ Jazzy Jeff, right? Yeah. I mean, has one of the best recurring gags, I think, in the whole show of him being thrown out. Absolutely. And the, amount, and, you know, the handshake as well between him and Will. Yeah. Another, another <laughs> lovely piece. Um, I often feel sorry for people like Jazzy Jeff because him and Will came up together as mm. a Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff. That was, that was their, that was their duo. They did boom, share the room together. Uh, that's right. Some yeah. Together, and then they've gone their way. And that's, you know, I feel sorry for um, Alfonso Ribeiro in the same kind of way. Cause it was like, I say it was kind of a double team really. It was about mm. Will Smith, um, but it wouldn't be the same show in any way, shape or form without, without Carlton in there. That's very I'm true. Sure there some episodes without, yeah. um, I'm sure there's some episodes about Uncle Phil or or Ashley or um, Aunt Vivian, but I, I can't think of an episode without Carlton there. No, it's true. I, I'm just having a look. Well, according to this, there's 148, and basically Will, uh, Uncle Phil, Carlton, Ashley, Hillary, and Jeff the Butler, which we can talk about in a sec. Yeah. Um, they are they are in every single episode. Oh, right, got, okay. Yeah, and then you've got the split between uh, the two actresses the two playing movies, Vivian. Yeah. Um, well, you're right. Obviously, they, there would be someone they wouldn't really be present. They would just kind of be floating in and out, I, I would expect. Yeah, that's but, probably it. Well, you're right. Yeah, you, you do kind of see them as this amazing double act. And as you say, when you think about Colton, especially to Will, he's he's the straight man, you know, out of the two yeah. of them. Um, You know, and, and there's something about that, I think, that's just wonderful. But yeah, what what about sort of um Jeff Jeffrey Butler? I think is, is the is character's name? name. That's his name, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Play, played by Joseph Marcel. I think I think hands down one of like the best like sarcastic sort of support characters ever in a show. I mean, it's great that he can. Um, it's one of those roles where he can just come in, do a line or two, steal the episode, and then and saunter off into the distance. Vivian, I'm sorry. It's just that it's been so peaceful here since Will's been in Philly. And in boarding school's not so bad. Is it, Jeffrey? Jeffrey went to boarding school. Tell her, Jeffrey. Madam, I went to boarding school. <laughs> and then I went to therapy. <laughs> Who asked you? Get my lunch. I say so. The man has a tapeworm. I think um, one of my favourite things with, with Jeffrey was that he was... Mm. Um, there was one episode around Christmas where he got drunk on eggnog. Yeah. Uh, whilst trying to, <laughs> whilst doing his duties, and it mm-hmm. was it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And he's a, yeah. he's a British actor. Um, 
Yeah. I think he lives in I think he lives in London. I think so, yeah. Joseph Marcel, yeah. Um I believe he's still around. Yeah. Uh, I, I went to a a London Comic Con it was, and he was one of the people behind the desk signing signing stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I oh, didn't, I didn't so speak cool. to him, but he was there. <laughs> oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, so according to his, um, just looked at his IMDb, he does a lot more sort of directing, it seems, these days, which, good for him, man. That's awesome. And like you say, yeah. he, had the, he had the best job in the world in that show. Just came in, like you said, stole the show with one or two lines and then just disappeared. <laughs> and I kind of love that you didn't know a lot about him either outside of the family. Like, there'll be one or two episodes. I just vaguely remember one where they, for some reason, they're out in like a, a hotel or a cabin somewhere and you see him mm. briefly in like a dressing gown and he's like addressing a woman that he's with and then just disappears again and the characters <laughs> are like is that yeah what <laughs> and it's just like you had moments like that where you sort of every now and then you'd see him outside of the family but yeah. you sort of it was one of those it was a very the writers obviously had a lot of fun just throwing a lot of stuff, stuff out there yeah. yeah giving me sort of sort of weird lore that if you tried i'm sure if you sat down and tried to piece it all together it would be a wild story for his background <laughs> but yeah a really a really fun character and you know somebody again who i just think brings a lot of of heart to the show and, and as we, from what we can see yeah yeah there was an integral part of every single episode and mm. i guess that's the the sort of strength of this right is as much as it's a vehicle for will smith and as you say extensively uh dj jazzy jeff as this sort of partnership it really works well as an ensemble, doesn't it? Does it say how many episodes Jazzy Jeff was in? Yeah, according to this, only 46. Is it? Okay. I find quite surprising. I thought it would have been a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, mm. it's, it's, obviously it's a, it's, a family, it's a family sitcom, so it, um, it's called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it's, it's, it is, like I said, an ensemble that, um, that brings everyone together and everyone's got their own kind of role... Mm. Uh, Hillary's always the the snooty, slightly dumb, super privileged one. Um, Ashley's the cute one. Oh, and then there was another kid, wasn't there, that came in later on, which was weird. Uh, which yeah, that's another thing that um, <laughs> American TV shows seem to do is like, uh huh, we're running out of children. Let's pull another one out of the bag, um, as it were. That's a yeah. horrible turn of phrase. Um, no, but, no, but it's true. Yeah, Nikki, little Nikki Banks. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was unusual <laughs> like you say it's a, it's that kind of it reminds me of the um the simpsons episode with poochie it's that kind of thing isn't it of just like introducing a character for the sake of and he can't be too mad he was just a kid you know it's not no. his fault <laughs> oh yeah i'm not mad at him no <laughs> um but it's, it's a weird it's a weird extra dynamic to kind of deal with um hmm. and then i mean what happens is then you people was it six years it ran so yeah. If they yeah. start at high school, then in the States, you've got four years of high school. So the people mm. growing up and going through college and then you have the challenge of, oh, are they actually going to go to a college as it would do properly? Or are they going to mm. come up with a reason that Will and Carlton are in the same college so they can still continue the sitcom, but then still live in the house? And um, so they end up going to the same college, even though um, Carlton had aspirations of going to Yale or something like that, so which would have been on the East coast versus mm. um, California, which would have meant obviously things wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. In the way they wanted it to. No. Uh, and they had girlfriends come and go and, and well, husbands and fiancés in terms of Hillary um, coming and going. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they sort of... It's interesting, isn't it? Because usually for characters like that, they'll... You, you see in typical shows, they will pair people up. Mm. And that's just a part of people's, like you say, the stage of life they go through. Yeah, I, I can't seem to remember if particularly like Hillary and Wills or, or any of the characters really end up with anybody sort of permanently Will, by their I think, side. I think Will sure. did. Um, did he? Was yeah, it, was it uh, Lisa? Was that his? Lisa, yeah. Neil, yeah. Neil Long. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've got her here 16 episodes. That seems to be the Is longest. Yeah, yeah, okay. surprisingly. <laughs> okay, so maybe, yeah, maybe I misremember that. I need to, maybe it's, I think uh, one thing I just realised is um, the reason I started um, it was because it was at the time when, so I wasn't speaking to the microphone then, um, it, was, it was at a time when um, if you missed the episode and you'd forgotten to record it in VHS or if you could even be bothered to <laughs> think about recording on VHS, then you've just missed the episode or you might be looking yeah. to catch it again some other time. So it's not at the glory time now where you you would expect to watch every single episode and you could binge every single episode. So I literally have no idea how many episodes I've not seen, and I'm not sure if mm. I've seen the final the final episode, um, sure. or I can't or I can't remember it if I, if I have to. I'm kind of the same. I think about it now, like I'm, just for reruns. I'm sure I've seen most of it. Mm. Um, I do remember the final episode. I just remember I had that really poignant moment where, you know, they've um, they just cleared. The sound stage basically they've moved right. out of the house and it's just like really sort of last final shot of will just looking around and soaking it all in and it's kind of that nice moment that they end the show on but yeah I was, I was just thinking about it actually in terms of the length of the show it's interesting that it was only six years that feels relatively short these days for for shows like this normally they go on for like at least a decade don't they well, i don't know i don't i mean at that time was, six, I mean, was it like mm. 20 so you're saying 140 mm. episodes still it's a lot so yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a lot. I'm not sure mm. um, if someone said to me now there's going to be a, a, a sitcom and it's going to have 20 episodes per season, I would my heart Ooh. would probably sink. Yeah, um, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's what they that's what they kind of did. They kind of just churn churn them out at that time. Uh, mm. So yeah, 140 episodes is 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 a, is a is a very good run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's. It works, especially for Will, you know, <laughs> in terms of his career, you know, yeah. it's sort of like you said, it it took him and just put him on another, you know, another universe, basically, in terms yeah, of definitely. what he went on to achieve. But yeah, I just wondering, was, I mean, is there anything that kind of stands out to you about the show or sort of why you really, why you sort of brought it to the podcast? I think um, it was because I think the, the kind of concept of it is, uh, of it being a sitcom is still one of those weird things to me. Right. Um, I was like, is it, it is, I mean, it's definitely a sitcom, but mm. compared to like, say by the bell. Yes. It's, um, it has more layers to it. And, mm-hmm. uh, there was definitely like a, a, a level of seriousness, which I, yeah, I think say by the bell is definitely like a kid's, a kid's show. Sure. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's probably just something you know, that, that popped into my head and thought, yeah, I've not, I've not talked about that for a while. Um, mm. Maybe because I was thinking about Will Smith and his nomination. Yeah, yeah. Um, under under different because, circumstances now. <laughs> or maybe because I was thinking about the, the Bel Air side of things, which I mm-hmm. hadn't uh, gotten around to watching. So there's probably a few things in there that uh, yeah. put, maybe think about it and, and put it in, on the list. Okay. Uh, just something that I, I'm curious about, because you said it a few times, and I, I wanted to unpack it a little bit. When you say you sort of struggle to think of it as a sitcom, what what do you think of it then as? What what is it in your head? 
Um, well, it, I mean, like I say, it's definitely a sitcom, but mm. it's thinking of it as a as as a as a serious sitcom. Okay, it's not for. It's almost almost skews skews um, very young. I think, and I think that's just because the time slot we put it. It was put in in the UK, but yeah. because it's kind of skews young, then I think it's easy to forget of it, think of it as not a serious show. And I mm. say when you compare it to when you talks about Seinfeld and mm. um, and Friends, it wouldn't. It take me. It took me a while to think of it of Fresh Prince in that kind of in that kind of ecosystem. Sure. Yeah. No. It, yeah. It definitely stands out from those for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and and to not mention the Cosby Show too much, but I would definitely have the <laughs> if someone said sitcoms, I would think of the Cosby Show. I'd think of that would be in there definitely. But right. I wouldn't necessarily think in my head. Yeah, the Fresh Prince Bel Air is a is a sitcom. Okay. Well, that's fair because we, we've had discussions on this show before. I mean, I, I just thought of something um, Josh Glenn said when we talked about the the UK Office. Mm. He, he described it more as a humanist drama, which I thought was a really lovely way of putting it. And, I, and he's absolutely spot on. Like the themes of the, the stuff it deals with is a lot heavier and it's totally different from your, your average sitcom. So yeah, I think you're right in terms of when you look at Fresh Prince like that. Yeah, it definitely deals with drama. It deals with abandonment issues. It deals with, you know, separation from family. It deals with, um, you know, class and race and, and all sorts of things that... Mm. Like you said, if you compared to other shows that just kind of stayed very clear from that and just had basic sitcoms, just just it was all it was all about the comedy, which is nothing wrong with. Like you say, this you, when you look at it, yeah, this does seem to be playing in a different ballpark altogether. And maybe it's because the bright colours and the, <laughs> you know and the theme tune. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that is that is iconic. That is like an instant floor filler at any party <laughs> as soon as you hear that everyone runs in and i'm always curious to see which version they put on whether it's the full length or it's the shortened one <laughs> i think yes i think the full length was only like for 10 episodes or something like that yeah um so it's one of those one of those things that happens when people watch the fresh prince of bel-air for the first time if it's mm-hmm. as it was as it's kind of broadcast in the uk i'm talking about yeah and then you see the first few episodes and you're like oh right there's like there's more versus to the to the theme team. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and I think that was probably the thing that kind of drew me in at the start was was just the theme tune. Yeah, I didn't, perhaps didn't realize it was a, it was a show at the start, and then it's like, oh, there's there's this show after this theme tune, um, mm. and then by osmosis, everyone in the in the playgrounds singing it, and <laughs> everyone knows everyone knows the rap and. Just that, and this is a story. And then straight away, <laughs> as soon as I said that, whoever's listening to it, who knows yeah. the Fresh Prince, can go and recite the rest of the rap verbatim. I'm sure. Uh, maybe not. Yes. Maybe not this. Maybe not the first uh, ten episodes, the longer version. Um, <laughs> but certainly the, um, the, the, the the traditional, the more recognised version. Anyone will be able to to uh, to recite it. I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, I like to think, it, you know, my humble opinion, it's the better one anyway. It's more concise and it yeah, you know, so. gets to the point. And, and it's unusual for a, a theme show, uh, sorry, sorry, for a theme of a TV show to set up the premise mm. of the sitcom so well. But like you say, you, you hear that, it's catchy and you enjoy it, and, but you also straight away, you know exactly what the premise of the show is and who, and who the character is in relation to everybody else. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely, it, it's and that's one. Of, it's probably one of the reasons it just you could just pick up at any point and know the story, and that's why he's there in Bel Air. 
fine. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. Good. And off we go. You don't yeah, have to worry about it. <laughs> um, so I, I do wonder if that, that's how much knowledge you have to have before going into other sitcoms. Um, I mean, mm. like, pre- the premise of Fraser, for example, was that this one character from Cheers goes back to his hometown, I guess. I, I think Seattle was his hometown. I think so, moves yeah. Away from, yeah. Moves away from Boston, goes to Seattle, and then he's, he's, he's Fraser from Cheers, but in, but in, in Seattle. And mm. that carries a bit of, like, setup. Mm-hmm. that I don't know if, I don't know how important that is because I knew the setup anyway because I used to watch Cheers before I watched Fraser. Okay. Um, but it's still maybe a bit of disconnect between that and, and other people. Mm. Uh, so that and um, there's maybe a disconnect between people who may pick up the show halfway through the first season, for example, and not understand the, the kind of dynamics of that. But that's something you don't have with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. At least if you're watching it from the theme tune in, you know the setup, you know the premise, and you're kind of ready to go. There's Will, he's the one from that got in trouble in Philly, and mm-hmm. this is the family he's um, staying with. Okay, and okay, fine. I, I get it now. I get it. I get where I am. Let's go. Um, that kind of setup. Yeah, yeah. And it, I certainly, and I imagine that would have helped a lot of people to, to get on board, but perhaps mm. would have felt less intimidated. Because I imagine if you're watching it as it's going out and you're like three years in, <laughs> you might think, oh, I've missed a load of backstory. It's like, no, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. It's fine. Team Tune says it all, and you go, okay, we're in. Yeah. It's good. I love it. Uh, I just want to ask Kobe just um, before we wrap up is there, is there anything else you wanted to sort of discuss about the show or anything yeah you wanted to say um, no apart from I, I need to perhaps try and rewatch it I'm going to do a quick search <laughs> same a, yeah. there's an app called uh, Just Watch which is brilliant an app and website called Just Watch and it tells you um, so I'm going to do this live guys this is like googling um, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> it, it tells you, you if you yeah. type in a TV show or film it tells you exactly where it's playing and how much for if it's on any streaming service you use and if it's not how much it costs to mm-hmm. um, to buy it so Fresh Prince let me spell Fresh correctly I've got the same one up yeah it's it's a great service absolutely if anyone's wondering like yeah, yeah. Go, and, go and check it out Just Watch is brilliant it's it saved me time. It saved me money. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's not available. Fresh Prince Bel Air is not available on Netflix at the moment. It's on Apple TV. You have to pay for uh-huh. it. Uh, no, it's on Sky. I've got I've got Now TV. Why is this? Oh, maybe I need to tell it. I've got Now TV. Ah, yeah, so it's on Now okay. TV. So if you have Now TV or Sky, you can get Fresh, which makes sense because that's where the Bel Air, the new show, has um, has landed. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah amazing well yeah there's a bunch of other options uh there as well i mean i'm with you i'm gonna have to go and and hunt this down and uh do a rewatch because i I think i'd like to see it all the way through and connect some of the dots especially as you say towards the end i think it's well worth doing yeah absolutely i'm gonna i'm gonna do the same myself awesome well thanks very much kobe for for coming on the show Uh, i guess take us home where can the good people find you and all the things that you do um so i have a few podcasts um we talk about uh, Netflix on the f- podcast called Flix Watcher, uh, which you'll have to join us on, uh, Holly. I'd love um, to, yeah. Uh, so each of our guests who typically podcast is they pick a film each um, and we chat about it. Simple. Um, and they talk about The Wire and the TV show called, on the TV show, the, the TV show The Wire from HBO called mm-hmm. The Wire Stripped. Um, and I uh, help produce a, hunch, a, a bunch of other podcasts um, of various different sizes. So, yeah amazing well listen i'll be putting links to all of that in the show notes for people to go and check out 
Fantastic, um, thank you very yeah, much. I think I've even got a few episodes of Flix, uh, Flix Watcher downloaded. So, yeah, uh, definitely go and check that out. And all that's left to say is thank you for coming on. No, thank you for inviting me. Cheers. Glad I can make it happen. My pleasure. And there we have it. A huge thank you to Kobe for coming onto the podcast and talking all things The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with me. I hope you guys listening enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please make sure you go and check out Kobe's podcast, The Wire Strips and Flix Watcher. Both are excellent listens with some amazing guests on it. Well worth checking out. I've linked to all of that in the show notes, as well as his Twitter and website, so you can find even more of the work that he does. I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to our resident artist, Alex, who designs the artwork for the podcast. Be sure to check out his work, also linked in the description. If you like the look of the logo of the podcast, then you can reach out to him and commission him for your very own artwork. I cannot recommend the guy highly enough. In fact, I'm so pleased with the work that he did for me, I went ahead and put it on all of the merchandise available for this podcast, all of which can be found on the official Tee Public store for this show. The affiliate link is in the description for you to go and check out. Of course, there are plenty of other ways to support the podcast for free. The best way to do it is to just tell people about it. Word of mouth, social media, all that good stuff goes a long way to helping support this very podcast. You can also go that one step further and leave me a lovely five-star review or rating on your favorite podcatcher of choice. If you're kind enough to do that, then please let me know via the email or social media links that are in the show notes because I would love to thank you in person on this show. Thanks again for checking out this podcast episode. Make sure you stay subscribed and up to date for future content. And I'll be back again in a few weeks' time with a completely different guest on a completely different subject. See you then. Thank you.